Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome in. Welcome to episode 67. It's been a very long time. This is episode 67 of WFS, The Will Ford Show. It's terrific to be back. School's finally over. I had my last exam last Thursday. I had uh, I had to work graduation for Muskingum, so I was done officially on Saturday, but I really just kind of wanted to wait until uh, everything was over and focus on exams and everything before I hopped on ha- hopped back on the mic and and got another episode out. Uh, I'm really happy to be back. I'm glad to be able to do this again. I, I've missed doing this. It's been a long time. What has it been? Gosh, I don't know. Probably almost 20 days. I think it's been 18 days since the last episode I did, which was... Uh, it would have been the day before the NFL draft. The night before the NFL draft was my last episode. Um, so it's obviously been a while. Um we're probably not going to really dive into all the recap of the draft. Probably not going to get into to much of that because most of that's pretty much old news. We will talk some NFL later on in the episode. Um, but really the huge, huge stuff tonight uh, was the NBA draft lottery. I kind of wanted to, I wanted to wait until I wanted to do it today earlier in the day, but I realized the draft lottery was tonight, so I wanted to wait until after the draft lottery, kind of go through that and and kind of recap the draft lottery. Um, so we had three teams that were projected. Um, they both, all three had a 14% chance of landing the top pick. Uh, those were Tied for the highest odds, the New York Knicks, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Phoenix Suns. And none of those teams got the first pick. Um, None of those teams were in the top two. It was a crazy, crazy draft night, uh, draft lottery night. Um, If we look up the full... The full lottery, um, the LA Lakers had a 2% chance of landing the top pick and they ended up, and they had a 9% chance of making it into the top four and they got fourth, which was, and they were, I think they were, they were projected 12th. Um, so that's incredible. Uh, I did not foresee that happening. I was just sitting there watching and I'm a Lakers fan. Obviously I'm disappointed in how everything is going right now. Um, and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, holy crap, the Lakers just keep moving up and keep moving up. Um, so if we look at these full results, we'll start from the bottom, make it a little more, um, give it a little more build up in case you haven't seen it. Um, the Celtics got the 14th pick. It was a pick via the Sacramento Kings. The Heat took 13th, the Hornets 12th. And then this pick right here is kind of where everything began to shift. This is where the Lakers were projected. They were projected 11th and the Timberwolves got the 11th pick, which automatically catapulted the Lakers into the top 10. Um, the Hawks took 10. It was a pick via the Dallas Mavericks, which was uh, given in a trade last last year 
It was the Trey Young Luka Doncic trade. Those picks were traded. Um, number nine, the Wizards. And if my my computer doesn't want to freeze up here, it's a pretty junk computer. Um, geez, if I can completely frozen up on me here, I can't look at the rest of the order. Well, that sucks. Um, but okay, so now it wants to work, and I just skipped way past where I wanted to go. So number eight. Oh my God, move. Number eight was the Hawks. Just went over that. Um, number seven, the Bulls. And that was huge because they had one of the top odds to get the first pick. Um, then number six was the Phoenix Suns. And they were they had a 14% chance of landing the first pick. So that was huge. Um, then the Cleveland Cavaliers got fifth. So another... Another... Uh, top pick falls a, a huge huge like just falls far and then that leaves the top four the Lakers Knicks Grizzlies and Pelicans and that's exactly that's actually the order uh, for the rest of the lottery so the Lakers took the fourth pick the New York Knicks projected number one overall 14% chance to get the first pick they fall to third the Memphis Grizzlies take second, and then the New Orleans Pelicans, wouldn't you know, they take number one. Um, I, I find that unbelievably convenient because Anthony Davis wants out of New Orleans. Even with this number one pick, now that they have, Anthony Davis still wants to leave. Um. And this isn't terrible for the Knicks. I mean, the Knicks, obviously, they wanted Zion Williamson, and they said they wouldn't trade him even if they got the first pick. But the Knicks can still use the number three pick as a trade chip to get Anthony Davis. The Lakers can use the fourth pick as a trade chip to get Anthony Davis. I don't think I don't think the Pelicans and the Lakers are going to be able to work out a deal. I think that's long gone. The Knicks, I think, is very plausible. They've got some young players, obviously the, the third pick in the draft. And the Pelicans, with that number one pick, they can absolutely jumpstart their rebuild. They can get Zion, and then with the third pick, they can take, I don't know, a guy like Cam Reddish. Um, maybe if Ja Morant falls, although I think Ja Morant's going to go to the Grizzlies at number two, and they're going to get a replacement for Conley. Um, but it was just absolutely crazy. I was just like jaw-dropping watching that uh and obviously i didn't think it was going to be as crazy as that i thought maybe like oh maybe one or two teams will get flip-flop but nothing crazy like the Cavs and the phoenix suns falling to five and six the knicks falling to three and then the lakers catapulting all the way up to four and then the pelicans getting number one i just never my my wildest dreams would have um predicted that um, but this is obviously huge for the Pelicans. The Pelicans have a chance now. They can, I know AD wants out and I just said that, but maybe getting Zion, maybe getting him in the building, it might entice AD to stay. It might make him stay a little bit. Um, and just imagine Zion and Anthony Davis. That would be crazy. Um, 
And then the Lakers, I think this is actually really good for them too because they can use number four as a trade piece to get AD or to trade maybe for some all-star shooting. Um, or they can just draft another young player to go with that core that they have. It's a really a crappy core if you ask me, but um, it's a young player you can put around LeBron. Uh, and then the Knicks, I think the Knicks are really, they're, they're really the real losers in this because they had a chance to get Zion. You can have Zion and they're really, they're front runners to land both Kyrie and Kevin Durant. <laughs> Imagine Zion, Katie, Kyrie in New York. That would be insane. Um, That's unbelievable to be honest with you. I have, I'm just lost for words. If I had to predict the top four, Pelicans are obviously going to take Zion. The Grizzlies are going to take point guard John Morant out of Murray State to replace Mike Conley. The New York Knicks are going to take Cam Reddish at three. And then number four, honestly, if there's a guy from Vanderbilt. I don't know his name. Forget his name. I'm not really polished on my... Uh, my college basketball knowledge. I'm more of an NFL guy, but there's a, I believe he's a shooting guard from Vanderbilt. I can't think of his name. I, I know it. I just can't think of it right off the top of my head. Um, let's see here. Computer's way too slow. I probably can't do anything. Vanderbilt NBA draft. Um, okay, so it came up with the players, so we're not even gonna. Uh, this is really just dumb. Maybe if I was more prepared, huh, that would be funny. Anyways, there's a guard from Vanderbilt. That I think would be really good for the Lakers. They need a guard because Lonzo Ball is not working out. Um, really, a lot of their young core isn't working out. The only player that I really like out of who they have is Kyle Kuzma and Josh and maybe Josh Hart. I don't really like anyone else. Um, I really don't like the Lakers team, and I don't like LeBron on the Lakers. Like I just don't like that whole organization in general anymore. Um, that's a whole nother discussion within itself, but a crazy, crazy night for the draft lottery. One of the craziest things I've seen in sports in a while. Um, but the conference finals also start tonight. The West finals start tonight. At least we have the Golden State Warriors taking on the Portland Trailblazers, and that's going to be... I think a decent series. I think it's going to be more competitive of a series than people think. Um, and then on the Eastern Conference side, we've got the Bucks versus the Raptors. That, I think, is going to be a pretty competitive series. Um, right now, the Warriors are playing the Blazers. Uh, they're currently playing, uh, like at, as I speak. And the Warriors are winning. I think they were winning by 15 in the third quarter last I checked. Um, I like the Warriors to win this series in five or six. Kevin Durant is out for 
probably the first two games. He's out tonight. Uh, probably out for game two. He may not even, and it just depends on how the Warriors play without him. And I think this is interesting, actually. I don't think the Warriors are necessarily better without Kevin Durant. Because what team is better without the best player in the world? And the best offensive player that the NBA has seen since, I don't know, Kobe. Um, and one of the best offensive players in NBA history. Though, ha- adding another weapon like Kevin Durant, that obviously makes the team better. But the Warriors are a different team without Kevin Durant. They're like the 73-9 and Warriors. They're, there's a lot more ball movement. A lot more player movement. Steph and Clay are constantly running off cuts. Draymond Green actually runs the offense. The, the offense is run through Draymond. And they just move different, differently. It's more fluid and it's just a different team. And with Kevin Durant in there, I think the Warriors kind of not necessarily rely too much on him, but they kind of defer to him more um, with that lineup out on the floor. I I don't think they're they're better without it uh, without Kevin Durant. It's certainly they're certainly really good with him. They make the, it makes them a juggernaut, an unbeatable. Um, but they're just different with with just Steph and Clay and Dr- and Draymond running the show, and you have Iggy hitting spot up threes. Uh, the only thing that makes the Warriors weak, this kind this kind of Warriors team weak, the original Warriors team, is their bench is nowhere near as strong as it was in years past. And that's partly because you have to pay Kevin Durant $30 million a year. Now, if Kevin Durant leaves in the offseason, which is, a, again, another discussion, they're obviously going to free up a lot of money and they can improve their bench and they can be still the best team in the league. <laughs> um, but I just think it's really interesting because the Warriors they almost play more fluently free flowing clay seems to play a lot better steph is a lot more consistent he gets a lot more looks it's really it's quite incredible because i think the warriors even with this this lineup without kevin durant and this weaker bench i think they can still win a championship without kevin durant I think they're that good. I think Steph's that good. I think Clay's that good. I think Draymond is that good. And like if the Warriors did win a title without Kevin if this team won a title without Kevin Durant, I don't see Kevin Durant's I don't I'm not sure Kevin Durant would stay and I I already think Kevin Durant's leaving, but I think it would just it would Add extra proof that the Warriors don't need Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is a luxury, not a not a necessity. That's that's the difference. Kevin Durant is a an absolute luxury for this team. Um, but because of their weaker bench, they do, I guess, need him in certain spots. Um, But with Kevin Durant being out, this kind of really has allowed Steph Curry to remind the world why he's so great and who he is. The best shooter on the planet, the best shooter in league history. And 
one of the better players of all time. Steph Curry in game six versus the Rockets had zero points in the first half. Unloaded for 33 in the second half, 23 points in the fourth quarter. Steph Curry is a two-time MVP. I think people, I think a lot of people forget that. And Steph Curry is a superstar that I don't think gets a lot of respect. He doesn't, he's not a typical superstar. He's not a kind of guy that, you know, gets all the the fanfare like a LeBron or a KD or or a Giannis or a Kawhi. Well, even Giannis and Kawhi are kind of different in their own right. But or like a James Harden, like Steph Curry is different than the, your typical superstar. Steph Curry might be the best leader in the NBA. And he's the driving force of the Warriors team. The reason why I think Steph Curry doesn't get the respect of other NBA players and just people in general is number one, he's he's quiet. He doesn't really doesn't really say much. He doesn't really care about what other people say or think or do. Um he invited being the the number one guy on the team, being the MVP, coming off his 73 and 9 season. You lost a game, uh, seven-game series versus the Cleveland Cavaliers in a series they arguably should have won had they had Draymond in game, in game five. But that's another point. But he invited and recruited another superstar to come play with him. He invited Kevin Durant to come play with him. Not a lot of superstars of high stature like Steph Curry, like a Steph Curry, like a LeBron. Not a lot of superstars are going to actively recruit a player who is better than them. Kevin Durant is a better player than Steph Curry. And Steph Curry, the reigning MVP, recruited him to the team. You don't see that in a lot of guys. He sacrifices his touches for Kevin Durant. He sacrifices so much for this team to succeed for Kevin Durant to get his numbers, and he doesn't care. He really doesn't care. And then when KD goes down, he literally just steps up and just just like, hey, remember me? I'm the two-time MVP. I'm a, I'm a champion. I was a champion without Kevin Durant, and I'm going to show you why. And he just unleashes on everybody and Steph Curry is also really unique because he is the best in the world at three things like I said his shooting ability he's the best shooter in league history he's probably the best ball handler either him or Kyrie but I would probably lean towards Steph as far as just creating a shot Kyrie is great at getting to the rim but I think I think Steph is better at creating shots off the dribble better. And then Curry's leadership. Curry created a culture in Golden State that just makes it so fun to play. And I just dropped something, but makes it so fun to play. And he made the Golden State Warriors what they are. 
And he's the reason why Kevin Durant wanted to come to the Warriors. Kevin Durant might be, or Steph Curry might be the most unique player of my lifetime, the most relatable player of my lifetime. Like kids, kids don't want to be like LeBron James. No one can be like LeBron James. He's a freak athlete, 6'8, 240. Can jump out the gym as gifted as anything. Steph Curry's not real athletic. And he's skinny and he's small, but he can shoot the lights out. And that's what, like, not everyone is going to be able to dunk. But if you work hard enough, you can shoot. And that's what kids want to be like. Steph Curry is a revolutionary player. One of the, he he's one of the only players in NBA history who changed the league revolutionized the league and made the league what it is today. He made this league a shooter's league. He made this a three-point a three-pointer league. And we're all being reminded of that in Kevin Durant's absence. Um so moving on to the Lakers, um they have now hired a head coach. Really it was a whole mess. It was really a whole mess. Um, they they tried to get Tyron Lue, who's LeBron's guy, coach LeBron, um, a couple years back, and or over the last couple seasons, led him to an NBA championship over the Warriors in 2016. Um, and the the Lakers offered him a deal that was basically a slap in the face, three years, um, very low money, and wanted. They wanted him to hire both Jason Kidd and Kurt Rambis to be on the staff. And obviously, Ty Lue, he ain't having any of that. And that's really, it's so disrespectful to do that to a guy who actually played for your organization, won championships as part of your organization, was a pretty decent player, has a championship on his resume. Granted, he had LeBron and Kyrie and Kevin Love, but... Still an NBA champion coach. It's not easy to go out and win a title. Especially against the Warriors. And they kind of just slapped him in the face. And of course he he hadn't he wasn't taking that and he was done. Um and he moved on and then the Lakers kind of expanded their search. I'm really surprised they didn't just you know, hire Jason Kidd. If they want him to be on the staff, why not just hire him as the head coach? It doesn't make sense. But you had guys like Jawan Howard on the list. Monty Williams, they were it was on their list, but he went to Phoenix. Um but I said Jawan Howard, JB Bickerstaff, a couple other guys, but they ended up going with Frank Vogel, who I actually like. He had a great run in Indiana, led them to three Eastern Conference Finals appearances against the Miami Heat. Two of those series went to six. One went to seven. Pushed pushed that LeBron, my uh, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh team to seven games. That's really impressive. Um, had a very brief stint in Miami. Uh, that or not Miami, jeez, uh, Orlando, and that didn't really work out well. Um, the one season he had last year with. With Orlando, they won like 
or two seasons, they won like 29 games and like 20 games. And then this year with the same roster, like the exact same roster, their playoff team, they won like 48 games and made the playoffs. So I don't know, but I I do like Frank Vogel a little bit and he has LeBron's respect. It's been reported that he, he, he respects uh, Frank Vogel just because of what he did with the Indiana Pacers. Uh, Frank Vogel agreed to bring on Jason Kidd to the coaching staff, took a three-year deal. So um, I think he was just happy to get the Lakers, the, the Lakers job. It's going to be interesting. Right now, management and the whole organization's in shambles. It's a mess. Um, but getting that number four pick tonight was huge because it can be a trade chip or you can just draft another young player. Uh, you've got a head coach in place for at least the next couple seasons. We'll see. You're going to get a, a healthy LeBron back. Uh, they're just not running things really well. It seems like Kurt Rambis and Linda Rambis are now the new presidents, the co-presidents of basketball operations, along with Rob Palenka as GM, Jeannie Buss. I don't, I don't know what they're doing. I, I really don't. They've really not done a great job over the last year. After they got LeBron, it seems like they've just been putting the middle finger to LeBron's face as soon as he arrived in LA. They really haven't done a good job. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see how it goes for them. It looks like things are starting to maybe turn around a little bit. We'll see how free agency goes. But that's what I want to transition into is free agency, The uh, my predictions. We're in the conference finals. Here in a couple weeks, we'll have the the NBA finals. It's it's coming up fast, and we're going to have free agency pretty soon. Um, and so I'm just going to give my, my predictions on where I think some of the top guys are going to go. We'll start with Kevin Durant. I believe he's already got two feet out the door, and he's going to the New York Knicks. I think that's a 100%er done deal, and along with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving is also going to leave and go to the Knicks. There were rumors that Kyrie has had thoughts about rejoining LeBron with the Lakers. I don't think there's any way that that's going to happen. I just, I really don't think that they're going to team up. I think their relationship is fine now, but I just don't think that they're going to go. I don't think he's going to go to LA and I don't think they're going to team up. I think Kyrie is going to the New York Knicks. He's going to team up with KD and they're not going to get Zion, but they may get a guy like Cam Reddish and that will be, that'll be a playoff team and a championship contender in New York. So Katie and Kyrie to the Knicks. Um, Kawhi Leonard is going to LA, assuming they don't win the NBA the NBA title. If they win the NBA title, he's going to stay, uh, or maybe even if they make the finals, we'll we'll see. But assuming they don't win the finals, which I don't think they will, Kawhi's going to LA. He's not going to the Lakers though. He's going to the Clippers. That Clippers organization is just so well run. It's unbelievably well run. You have Steve Ballmer, the owner. You have Jerry West, who is partly responsible for those Warriors teams. 
of for over the last couple of years. And then you have Doc Rivers, who's a legendary coach in his own right. Three people who are extremely successful in their occupations running that organization. They made the playoffs, granted as an 8 seed, but they made the playoffs. And they pushed the Golden State Warriors to six games without a superstar. Montrezl Harrell and Lou Williams were their stars, and they they pushed the Warriors to sit to six games with a healthy Kevin Durant. Imagine if they had a superstar, they they probably would have knocked out the Warriors. I really think LA is a Clippers town now. Kawhi Leonard heading to the Clippers would make this team maybe the best team in the West. Um, maybe one of the best teams. I'd probably put them second in the West with Kawhi Leonard. And as long as they keep the rest of that team intact and we'll see what other free agents they can sign. Maybe they can land a second. Um, Kemba Walker, I think is going to go to the Dallas Mavericks team up with Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis. Um, and I think that would make them a really good team, a playoff team. And, and Kemba's going to want the max. Now he can get a lot of, I think he can get a lot more money in Charlotte, but it's not a good team. They're not going to win anything there. Um, Clay Thompson um, is going to stay in Golden State um, if KD stays. If they don't offer him the max, he would consider the Lakers and the Clippers. Um, I would, I would think he's probably he would probably go to the Lakers out of the two, but. He's not going to. He's going to stay with the Warriors. They're going to offer him the max. They're going to keep the Splash Bros together. And then the last big free agent that I can think of is Jimmy Butler. If I actually had a legitimate prediction, I think the Los Angeles Lakers is actually likely. I think it's actually a likely scenario. Staying with the Sixers is also likely. I like both of those. Um, and we're going to get into the Sixers in a minute, but I think, I think I'm going to keep him on the Sixers. I think he's going to stay with the Sixers. I wouldn't pay him max money, but I think you're probably going to have to. Um, so I'm going to predict the Sixers. He'll stay there. And kind of while we're on the topic of the Sixers, they got bounced by the Raptors, they went to seven games. It was a tough series. Raptors are a better team. Um, but I think changes need to happen for the 76ers. Because they can't get over the hump. Brett Brown, I've never really bought into him as a coach. They're going to bring him back next season. I've never really bought into him. I think he's he's not a very good coach. I think they need to bring in someone else. Um, the top guy in my mind is Jawan Howard. I love him. Really one of the smarter assistants in the NBA. I like him. But regardless, they're going to bring back Brett Brown. They're going to have to make a decision with some of these players because they've got Ben Simmons. They've got Joel Embiid. They've got Tobias Harris. They've got J.J. Redick. They've got Jimmy Butler. I propose that you, you've you got to pick between Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid's a really popular player in Philly. Ben Simmons is 
he's probably not as good as good as Joel, but I probably like Ben Simmons a little better. Both have flaws. And if you're going to pick between the two, you really just have to look at them. And with Joel, it's a health concern. It's a matter of when, not if, he's going to buy. When he, yikes, I can't talk. It's a matter of when, not if, his body breaks down. He's got tons of injuries everywhere, back, knees, feet, illnesses, whatever the case may be. And really the major flaw in Ben Simmons' Ben Simmons's game is that he can't shoot. And I find it hard to believe that over one offseason he didn't work on a shot at all. He does not have a jumper inside 10 feet. He cannot shoot. He is a non-threat outside 10 feet. Philly literally has to post him up for him to be effective. And that's not conducive to a great offense when you have Ben Simmons playing in the post and therefore moving you're you're moving Joel Embiid to the perimeter that's just that doesn't work um but Ben Simmons doesn't have a jumper Joel Embiid has a lot of physical issues I think you you have to make a move that's not popular Joel is the popular player, but I think you kind of have, I, I, in my opinion, I would cut ties with Joel Embiid. And that's really tough because he's a generational player. I think he can be a an absolute beast. He already is a beast, but he can be so, so good. He is amazing both on the offensive and defensive end. And his health is holding him back. He can't play more than 50 games in a year. And he misses playoff games. And you can't do that. <laughs> so I would cut ties with him. And then if you can develop Ben Simmons, who's only in his second, it's his third season on the team, but his second year playing. If you can get him to develop some kind of jumper, any kind of jumper where he can hit from 15 to 18 feet, some kind of mid-range, he can be an extremely good player. And I would stick with him. You sign Jimmy Butler to the max, give Tobias Harris his money, keep um, J.J. Redick. I like that squad a lot better. Kind of space out the floor a little more. And then I would trade Joel Embiid. That's what I would do. Um, but then again, I'm not against trading Ben Simmons either. I'm not against it. Um it's whatever you think is best for the team. I personally would trade Joel Embiid, keep Ben Simmons, and and then roll with that going into the next season. Um, it's just a really tough situation for Philly um, because there's only so much money to go around, and it also doesn't it doesn't work. So I don't know. Um, but I wanted to move on now. Just some NFL talk, kind of close out the show with this. Probably going to have a shorter episode here today just to get something out. Um, but I want to close out with some NFL talk and kind of post NFL free agency, post NFL draft, 
give my division leader predictions. Not necessarily going to predict records, but just predict the leaders of of each division. And then as as we get closer to the NFL season, we still got uh, like three and a half months until this the season starts. Um, so I'll I, I I can do predictions way later on. Um, but yeah, we're gonna go into the uh, to the predictions for the division leaders. Start with the AFC and the AFC North. This might come as a surprise. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are gonna win the division. And I'm not saying that the Cleveland Browns aren't making the playoffs. I think the Cleveland Browns will make the playoffs. I think they're gonna finish second in the division. But you got to you got to think. Every team in that division improved, and the Ravens did lose a couple defensive players, but they added a lot in different areas. All those teams are going to be pretty decent next year outside of maybe the Bengals. No offense, Bengals fans. But I think there's I think there's too much pressure and there's too much expectations. There's too many expectations for the Browns next year. I think a lot of people are expecting them to win the division, uh, beat up the world, and go to the AFC Championship game. They're talented enough to do so. But they're not going to. There's too much hype. They're gonna just. They're not gonna go that far. They they'll make the playoffs. They'll make a wild card round. But they're not. They're not gonna be world beaters. Give them a couple years. We don't even know if they all work together. We're going based on paper, based on talent, based on what they've done in the off season and in the draft. We don't know what they can do together. Baker Mayfield, Juice Landry, Odell. And Joku, Kareem Hunt after eight games, uh, Nick Chubb. That's an incredible, incredible offense. And they, and a much improved offensive line. Incredible offense. We don't know how all those personalities are going to coexist. How well they're going to play together. How they're going to distribute those touches. The defense is a lot better. We've got a rookie head coach in Freddie Kitchens who has never even been hired as a high school coach. He was never hired. He was just he just there. He was never hired as a head coach to be for anybody, college, high school. He was just always a, an assistant. And he had a little bit of a run, a little bit of success offensively with Baker Mayfield last year after he was after he replaced Todd Haley. But there's just too many expectations and the expectations are too high. I don't think they're going to be world beaters in their first year. I think they can be really good. I think they can make the playoffs. I think they can go 10 and 6. But I don't think they're going to win the division. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers actually did they actually got better. I think they they did a little bit of addition by subtraction. They got rid of two cancerous locker room personalities in Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. They add. They have James Conner, who's going to be the lead back now. There's not going to be a shoulder looking over him. There's not going to be anybody looking over his shoulder. They added Benny Snell from Kentucky. It's some running back depth who I like. Juju Smith-Schuster is going to absolutely flourish this year. I think he's going to be the number one receiver in fantasy football, and that's I'm really excited for that. If running backs weren't taken so heavily in the first round, I would probably take Juju Smith-Schuster first round. No joke. Um, 
he's going to be really good. Um, the defense improved. Um, they got Devin Bush, a linebacker. They traded up for him. Um, this is going to be a a solid team. They're well coached. They've got a good quarterback. They've got a great offense. They probably get the best offensive line in football, if not one of the best. Uh, it's it's certainly a top five, top three offensive line in football. You've got a really solid back, James Conner, Juju, a, a good defense, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, Devin, Devin Bush. Kind of a weaker secondary, but it's okay. It gets the job. It, it, it works. You know, it works. This is a good team, and this team's probably going to go at 11 and 5. They're going to have an easier schedule. Granted, they do, they, their schedule is tough in the early weeks, but it's an easier schedule because they didn't win the division. It's a second place schedule. Actually, it's a third place. No, it's a second place schedule. This team's going to be fine, and they're going to win the division. The Browns are going to follow right behind, then the Ravens, and then the Bengals. That's how it's going to work. Moving on to the AFC South, Indianapolis Colts. Um, they made the playoffs last year. They under they really they overachieved. They're way ahead of schedule. Much improved offensive line. Andrew Luck is healthy. T.Y. Hilton, Devin Funches they added in free agency. Eric Ebron really was really good last year. Their defense is really really ahead of schedule. Darius Leonard was one of the best linebackers in the league, led the league in tackles as a rookie, as a second-round pick. This team is set up for years to come. They are going to be the next New England Patriots. After Belichick and Brady are long gone, which I think they'll go out together, after they're gone, the Colts are going to run the AFC. And the Colts are likely going to be the team representing the AFC in the Super Bowl for the next, oh, I don't know, six, seven years. Um, but I, I love the Colts. I love what they did last year. They overachieved, and they're going to be even better next year. And they'll have a second-place schedule because they didn't win the division. And. Yeah, and then I think the Texans will be right behind. The Jaguars, they're going to have consistent quarterback play. They're going to be a better team. Jaguars will be third. And they also added Josh Allen on the edge on defense, which is incredible. And then Titans fourth, although that's a that's probably one of the tougher divisions in football. I, I like the Colts. Texans improved at offensive line, so I'd probably put them right behind. Jags will be right there. Not all four teams are going to make the playoffs, although three of them did last year. Or no, two of them did. Um, That's a really tough division. Three of those teams could make the playoffs. We'll see. Um, But yeah, Colts are going to win the AFC South. They're going to be probably 11-5, 12-4. AFC East, that's still that's still the Patriots division. The division is getting tougher. I think the Dolphins with Rosen are going to be a lot more competitive. Um, I think the 
The New York Jets are probably two years away. Sam Darnold is still young, still a loose cannon a little bit. But they got Le'Veon Bell. That's going to take a lot of pressure off of Darnold. They've added some weapons offensively. I think they're going to be a much better team. They're a much improved defense. And Adam Gase is one of the smarter coaches in the league, if not the smartest coach in the league as far as offensive minds go. Um, The Jets are going to be a really good team in a year or two. They're a little behind. They might be a team that overachieves, but they're not going to win the division. Um, And then, yeah, we'll have the Dolphins right behind. They're going to be a solid team. Maybe they might overachieve a little bit. Not going to be a great team. And then the Bills. The Bills aren't great. They're they're not a good team. Adding Cole Beasley is not going to change really anything for this team. They did add Ed, Ed Oliver, who I love on the de- on the defensive side. He was probably, in my opinion, the second best player in the draft behind Bosa. I love the pick. It's going to be a process for the Bills. I think Josh Allen is still a project, not a prospect. Um, we'll see how it goes, but that's that's how I like the division to shake out. AFC West to round out the AFC. I've got the LA Chargers. Um. They were really good last year. They were a hair behind the Chiefs as far as winning the division last year. But I think they're going to win it this year. I think the Chiefs are going to take a step back. They don't have Kareem Hunt. Uh, seems like Tyreek Hill is going to be suspended. We don't really know about that right now. Um, and if he's suspended, the Chiefs are like they, the Chiefs may even cut him, which would be unbelievable. And Patrick Mahomes is not going to have very many weapons to throw to. He'll have Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey, and that's it. And also, along with that, they have a weaker defense. They added Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, but it really doesn't make them that much better. And another thing you got to consider, Patrick Mahomes is on the cover of Madden 20. Ever heard of this thing called the Madden Curse? (laughs) Because it's a real thing. It it has got it's come back to bite every single person with the exception of Tom Brady, because Tom Brady's the GOAT and it doesn't matter what Tom Brady does. He's probably gonna be in the Super Bowl for the next four years. I mean, he's unbelievable playing at a high level at forty one years of age, forty two. But Patrick Mahomes is on the cover of Man twenty. It's come back to bite everyone. Patrick Mahomes is either gonna have a down year without his weapons, or he's going to have a career, or not a knock on wood, I almost said career-ending injury, season-ending injury, probably going to tear an ACL. That's what I genuinely believe. That's what happens to everybody who is on the cover of Men 20. They either fall off a cliff, they fall off the face of the earth for a, a while, or they have an injury. So, yikes for the Chiefs. Um, but I still think they're talented enough to probably sit in second in the division, maybe make a wild card, assuming that Pat Mahomes doesn't tear, tear an ACL. Um, then I'd probably put the Broncos third. Tough defense, pretty solid defense. Joe Flacco's good not great decent uh, he's probably not even good he's decent 
they added Drew Locke, so we'll see how long how long it takes for the the uh, the Broncos to bench Flacco for Locke. They're going to be an okay team. They're going to be a tough team in Denver to play against. They'll beat a lot of good teams, um, but they just may not have a good enough record by the end of the year to make the playoffs. And then the Raiders. Raiders are a mess. Antonio Brown is not good enough to make this offense unbelievable. And they did add Josh Jacobs in the draft at running back, which I think is going to be helpful. They're a team that's progressing in the right direction, but right now they're still not very good. I'm not sure if I'm completely buying into Derek Carr at quarterback. We'll see. Shifting gears to the NFC. NFC North, I've got the Green Bay Packers winning winning the division. They've drafted heavy on defense. Their defense should be really good. They've drafted heavy on defense the last couple years, actually. And that leaves no excuse for Aaron Rodgers um, because they're, they should be in every game. Aaron Rodgers won't have to fight back into games. Now, they did lose Cobb. They don't have Jordy Nelson. They don't really have a lot of offensive weapons, but... They should be fine, and I think they're going to win the division. They're probably going to go a nice 12-4, and four, although we're not doing record predictions. They're going to win the division. Vikings are going to take a step back. Um, I just, well, actually, not even a step back. They're probably just going to be right where they were at last year. The Bears, I think, are going to take a step back as well. Bears will probably finish second in the division, make a, make a wild card. Um, so we'll see. but. And then the Lions, they're not very good. So I'll put them last. But yeah, Kirk Cousins, he might have a better year. I still think it's I still don't think he's fantastic. I think he's overpaid. I don't know. They're probably gonna be second or third in the division. We'll put the I'll put Packers, Bears, Vikings, Lions. NFC South. I like the New Orleans Saints. I think they're going to take a step back, and I think the Falcons are going to take a step up. I don't think the Falcons are going to be as bad as they were last year again. But I think the Saints are still going to win the division. I think it's going to be a down year for the division as a whole. Cam Newton's hurt, so he may not even play the first part of the year for the Saint, or for the Panthers. So they're going to be down. Tampa Bay, they might be a little better. They're not going to win the division. I like the Saints probably at around 10 and 6 or 11 and 5 to win the division. Then we'll put the Falcons. Then we'll put probably the Panthers and the Bucks. Um, NFC East. Um, Talent wise, I would say the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys have the best roster in the NFC East. But. In the past 15 years or so, there has not been a repeat division winner. Um, so the Dallas Cowboys, although I think they're the most talented group and I think they're more than capable of winning the division, history has shown us that that that's not going to be the case. Um, so the Eagles are probably the next best roster. Assuming Carson Wentz doesn't get hurt, Philadelphia Eagles are probably going to win the division. Um, 
Dallas Cowboys will be right behind. I think both of both teams can have pretty decent years setting in around 11 and five. Um, and that'll 11 and five is going to get a wild card spot. I would like to think so. Um, and then the Redskins with Dwayne Haskins, they'll be third. And then Daniel Jones with the Giants, that's going to be, uh, that's going to be last. So yeah, not much else to say about that. And then the NFC West, I actually feel really good about this one. I've got the 49ers winning in the division. Um, I, there's, I think there's a team every year that you'd look at and you're just like, that's a team that can be sneaky and compete for a championship. And Jimmy Garoppolo is coming off the ACL injury. He's going to be better. He's going to be fine. They added Nick Bosa on defense. They've got a tremendous defensive front. Um, They'll have Jarek McKinnon back. Uh, George Kittle is one of the best tight ends in football. Probably third in the league behind. Oh, probably Kelsey number one, Zach Ertz two, and then Kittle. Um. That team's going to be really good this year. Kyle Shanahan is a uh, mastermind offensively. Um, then I'm going to put the Rams second. I think the Rams are going to take a step back. I don't like Todd Gurley and his money. Jared Goff, I don't, I've don't. i never bought into. I don't think he's that good. Um, he relies too much on coaching, and the coaching makes him look good. Um, their defense improved. They added Eric Weddle um, at safety, who is really solid. Um, but I, offensively, I think they, they got weaker. They lost a couple offensive linemen. They lost Roger Saffold to the Titans. Um, I, don't, I don't think they're going to be as strong this year. They'll be fighting for a wild card spot. Um, now, the Seahawks and the Cardinals is interesting. They're going to be battling for third. I The Cardinals with Kyler Murray is just fascinating to me. And I think they're a team to watch. Not necessarily going to make the playoffs, but they're going to be a really entertaining team to watch, I think. Kyler Murray with David Johnson and the and an older Larry Fitzgerald and some of this some of these other guys that they've picked up in the draft. I think they're going to be a young team that has a chance to overachieve. They're going to be battling for third and fourth. Just depends on how it shakes out, obviously. But yeah, so those are my division leader predictions and if I had a way too early Super Bowl prediction um it's tough I like the Indianapolis Colts out of the AFC and the NFC that's a really tough one I think the Saints are going to take a step back 49ers they're a dark horse I don't think they're going to win it Rams no Packers I don't think are I don't know if the Packers are strong enough to get all the way there. Falcons, no. Cowboys, they always get in their own way. The Eagles, depends on Carson Wentz's injury. I don't think the Eagles are going to get back there. If I had to pick a team, man, this is tough. This is why it's way too early. 
Indianapolis Colts versus I don't know. That's a tough one. I think I might just leave that one for a future episode because we've got a couple months before we even start football. God, that's tough. Although I think the Saints are going to still take a step back, I still think they're one of the better rosters. The only reason I think they're going to take a step back is because Drew Brees is getting older. And I think we'll just roll with the Saints because they've gotten screwed in the NFC Championship the last two seasons. Third time's a charm. We'll roll with the New Orleans Saints versus the Indianapolis Colts. It'll be a rematch of, gosh, what is it, the like 2009 Super Bowl when Drew Brees took on Peyton Manning and they and the Saints won. So we'll see. But that is my way too early Super Bowl prediction for Super Bowl 54. But yeah, so that's going to be it for this uh, Tuesday's episode. This won't drop until Wednesday morning, but uh, you get the point. This is the this is it for me for today. Done with school, so I'm hoping to keep with that Tuesday, Friday schedule, get back on track with that, get more active on YouTube. I actually uploaded a YouTube video recently, it was about six days ago, with, it was my digital media project for my research class in college on Wimbledon, and I'm a huge tennis guy, huge tennis junkie, Um, so check that out if you haven't seen it on my channel. Really proud of the work I uh, I did with that. And hopefully I can make my videos a lot better for YouTube with just the general segment videos. So definitely uh, follow me on YouTube. Just search Will Ford and subscribe to me on there to check out some some clips of the Will Ford Show. Uh, follow me on Twitter at the Will Ford Show. Rate and review the show on iTunes. Like and comment on SoundCloud. Share this with your friends, parents, enemies, coworkers, everybody you know. Even if you don't like them, just share it with them. Why not? It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. Um, I'll be keeping an eye on the conference finals. Um, so, yeah, glad to be back, man. Glad to be back. College is done. I'll be starting work here in, oh, a week or so from now. But that'll be work. That won't be gone all day, every day of the week. So. And I'm actually going to be working two jobs this summer. Um, still going to be lifeguarding, and that's only going to be five-hour shifts. So it's either going to be 10 to 3 or 2 to 7. So that's whatever. And then the wilds, I'm going to be working at the wilds. And if you're living, a, if you're listening to this across the country, I mean, I think a lot of people know what the wilds are. It's a, or the wilds is, it's a huge tourist attraction in the United States. So. I'll be working there as a zipline tour guide. So maybe I, if you're coming through Ohio and you go to the wilds, you might see the one and only Will Ford, host of the greatest podcast in, in history. Yeah, yeah, no, whatever. Um, but but yeah, glad to be back. Going to stick with that Tuesday-Friday schedule. So I'll see you on Friday in episode 68. It's WFS. WFS.